This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Remember, remember the 5th of November. It is going to be a big one for us, Craig, isn't it? Shall we start with the US election? Um, We've seen financial markets surging on the results or lack of results. Why are they so keen on uncertainty at the moment? So, uh, I mean, compared to at one point yesterday, it's potentially looking a little less uncertain. Um, it is the best way to describe it. Yes, there is going to be challenges from Trump, but initially that's going to come in the form of recounts. We know that there have been uh, legal challenges put forward as well, but the the more states that Biden takes, and I think the big one the big one has been Michigan and West Wisconsin, because now um, you could feasibly see a route to Biden getting comfortably. Uh, above 270 and I think the crucial one was always going to be Pennsylvania because of the uh, the changes in terms of the count um, uh, days after the election uh, that was or- has already been challenged in the Supreme Court by Trump uh, and, and failed um, when there was only eight justices uh, if, if this came down to Pennsylvania alone I think there'd be a lot more election uncertainty the fact that Joe Biden can get to 270 without Pennsylvania mm. and um, even without um uh, 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 without Georgia, uh, which he could still feasibly get, um, uh, it, it, that, I think that's added a little bit of comfort to markets. That no matter, even if Trump challenges this, challenges this legally, uh, it's going to be very difficult to overcome those kinds of numbers. So I think that maybe has settled these markets just a little bit, maybe a little bit premature. The markets can be premature at times. The, Trump's not going to go away easy. He's not going to go away without a fight. Um, so we're probably going to hear a lot more noise in the next few days as we're waiting for states to declare. But um, the the signs are far more positive uh, sure. for Biden so, uh, than one, they were this time yesterday. One thing that we haven't seen is the the blue wave in terms of uh, the Democrats taking the Senate. Um, if we don't, ha- if we have a split Congress, um, regardless of who's in the White House, it looks like we're going to have another four years of very little really being done. Yeah, well, two years until the midterms, really, and then they may have a chance to uh, to put that back, move that back in their favour. But from a market's perspective, obviously, there's been a lot of debate about what's the actual best market outcome, and and I would argue that maybe from a purely market's perspective, this could actually be uh, as good as it gets because we are still going to get a fiscal stimulus. It won't be three trillion dollars, two and a half trillion dollars, which it would have been in the case of uh, a blue wave. But the Republicans are going to have to commit to something because um, otherwise. America is going to struggle in the fourth quarter and the first quarter of next year quite significantly. So I think there is going to be a stimulus package that's just smaller than would have otherwise been. But from a purely markets perspective, that means that uh, if the Democrats want to push more regulation, they're going to uh, come up against more opposition. If they want to push higher taxes, they're going to come up against opposition. Uh, and, the, and again, from a purely markets perspective, maybe the kind of status quo with a smaller stimulus package is actually um, the best potential outcome and then again like I say in two years time we'll see what the Democrats uh, can do but given how much uncertainty this election could still produce and could have produced um, I don't think this is necessarily the worst thing in the world. Right let's move to England now in its second Mm. lockdown was this inevitable do you think? Not necessarily uh, inevitable. The government was always going to try a more targeted and regional approach uh, to the best of their abilities and um, we've seen that 
not just in the UK but across Europe as well but what's become quite evident is that the regional approach just doesn't work for whatever reason and it's always going to be difficult to say who you talk to there's always going to be someone else to blame uh, but I, I do feel like we've reached a point um, where um, people are not necessarily obeying the rules um, as much as they were earlier this year I think there is a little bit of uh, fatigue on that front and people are kind of making up their own minds a lot more but I, I just think maybe the governments around uh, the world including here in the UK have maybe just tried to be a little bit too clever on this front uh, and it just doesn't work it just doesn't work that easily uh, and now they're looking back at a, what a circuit breaker a month ago could have done uh, and they've decided that they this is this is the last chance to save Christmas it is interesting the Christmas aspect of this as well uh, I do think that's probably played on their minds I think they know that if if we don't have a situation this time in six weeks where people can see each other there is going to be uproar uh, and, and I think that's why they probably decided yeah. to really there's a psychological element, isn't there? Um, one thing that concerns me is that come December the 2nd, it would require um, MPs to vote again wow. to extend um, lockdown if, um, you know, if it's still required. Um, and let's say the infection rate is still in a dangerous position. It would be brave MPs who, um, they've basically got a dilemma on their hands at that stage, haven't they? Extend lockdown, potentially bring infections down, but also, as you say, cancel Christmas. Um, that's going to be possibly the worst of all possible worlds. Yeah, I imagine any extension on the 2nd of December would be a two-week extension. I think they'd still try and make a, a desperate attempt to save Christmas. But it is interesting. Uh, everyone wants to demonise people, and the, the scientists seem to have really come in for a lot of demonisation um, in certain quarters. But what I found really interesting is when they were announcing these lockdowns, you didn't. There didn't seem to be an enormous amount of confidence that we were going to be um, easing them by Christmas. It kind of. It was a kind of loose. We we, we may be. We'll, we'll see how this goes. They, they they desperately didn't want to commit to that, so that didn't necessarily fill me with confidence. But let's just see how this next mm. month goes. If if there is a large amount of compliance, then I think it will be. Uh, then, then then it could be extremely effective. But it's the compliance side that I do uh, worry about because, as I say, people there there is a lot more uh, the. the there is a lot more frustration with this process this time around than there was earlier on this year and unfortunately I think that's going to uh, have an impact on, on how much people comply. We've got decisions um, from the Federal Reserve later today and also from the Bank of England this morning. Um, it feels as though loose monetary policy and quantitative easing is here to stay but are these significant? Uh, they are because I think the central banks have a large role to play now over the course of the next few months. You, you could argue the effectiveness of what it is that they're going to do. The Fed is going to be the far more effective if we do see any uh, any panic in these markets, which doesn't appear to be arriving at this point in time. But it was the Fed that really cleared that up earlier on this year. And that was just through very targeted measures, finding areas of the markets which were um, becoming, uh, where credit was becoming very tight uh, and ensuring that that remained loose. Uh, and, and I think that was extremely effective from a bank of English Fed, it is going to be probably um symbolic to a great extent although they will obviously argue that it's necessary the, but i think a lot of the federal reserve i think is going to wait till december the same way as the ecb did so i think that's what we're going to see them lay the groundwork for that today the difference between the fed and the ecb for december compared to the bank of england this month is economic projections and a lot of these central banks will wait to release new economic projections to justify more reasoning the bank of england's economic projections come today so i we I expect we'll probably see more qe today the argument for holding off to december being we'll know if we have a brexit deal by then or not so 
two. We could see that, but I expect it to come today. The Federal Reserve will release new projections in December, the same as the ECB, so I expect them to uh, uh, announce more bond uh, buying then. The interesting thing, again, with the BOE today is that they yesterday moved the meeting from midday to, or the announcement from midday to 7am because of the Chancellor's statement, um, which again suggests that there may be an announcement to come. Mm. What do you make of the UK economy at the moment? I, I'll put in a few um, different factors mm. here because we are a consumer economy. Um, we have um, Marks and Spencer at its um, first loss since the, uh, the company was uh, founded 94 years ago. We have John Lewis making more cuts, 1,500 more cuts. Um, and we also have the highest level of shopfronts vacant since 2013. It feels like a very bleak winter ahead for retailers. Yeah, it is. Uh, and there's, there's no way of getting around that, that this is going to be a bleak winter. Um, we just have to hope that the furlough scheme, again, preserves a lot of jobs, because ultimately, the way we're going to get through this, um, obviously not unscathed, but um, in the least with the least amount of pain possible is to preserve as many viable jobs as possible and ensure that people's incomes remain strong so that when these economies do reopen, we can have a consumer-led economy. We're not going to have a manufacturing-led recovery. Um, so we do need consumers to be strong and that means keeping unemployment low that means keeping people's uh, pockets full to it as, as much as possible uh, so that when things open that that can happen but again I, I just think job losses are inevitable we've already seen it we're seeing it like you say with John Lewis um, uh, and others now uh, it's, it's going to be a tough winter there's no way around it unfortunately we just hope that um, we, we just hope that this next month there is compliance and that people uh, and that we do bring the infection rate down because otherwise there's there's just going to be more frustration. There's going to be more periods where we're seeing restrictions, and not only national lockdowns. What I mean is, the lives, people's lives are going to be dramatically better at Christmas if we go from a full lockdown to tier three. No, this lockdown needs to work to get us down to tier one so that we can properly enjoy ourselves. Brexit talks are now on hold once again after two weeks of intensive discussions. Uh, the negotiators say wide divergences are still remaining. I suspect we would have predicted that. But um, for all the talk that we've still got uh, time to come to some kind of agreement, it's now only 57 days until the end of the year. Um, so the quickest the European Parliament has ever passed a trade agreement was 59 days. Um, mm. And that was with Moldova. That was a lot more, you know, let's be honest, it's a smaller country and a smaller economy, a slightly more simple agreement, I would say. Um, are, you, are you nervous that we're actually running out of time here? I'm, I'm not, if I'm honest. Uh, and I, I think the reason is that negotiators wouldn't still be talking if they thought we'd run out of time I think they they know how long they've got they're never going to make it completely publicly known because they want to keep uh, they want to keep the cards close to their chest still to a certain extent they've talked a lot about mid-November and I think that probably is as tight as this deadline can get feasibly uh, without running into difficulty later on in the year but I think I think negotiators will probably know that we're just going to this is going to have to go through in a record amount of time and that's just how it's going to be and they probably come with the fact that that is possible uh, I, I, I think I've, I've been quite confident we're going to get a deal for quite some time and I, I don't think that's really changed yes there is fi final points to overcome but these are now intense negotiations and this is the time for compromise the time for compromise is never six months before the deadline we've seen it so many times before uh, and I expect this time to be no different I think it would be an epic 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 failure if they fail to do that at this point 
Craig, always a pleasure speaking with you of Moyne. That's Craig Earlham, Senior Market Analyst at Oanda. A business breakfast on Jazz FM with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers.